The presenting sponsor of Upmarket is Aereo, the best place to help manage and grow your real estate media business. Online at Aereo.com. That's A-R-Y-E-O.com. Welcome to Upmarket, a podcast about the business of real estate photography and media. My name is Reed Fish. I'm the CEO and a co-founder of Upmarket Media, a real estate media company based in Southern California. I'm here with another co-founder and our COO, Mark Corcoran. Mark, hello. Hey, hey. Hi. All right. And guess what? We have another co-founder on. Wow. She's also that uh, four, I believe. Um, we also she's also our CFO, whatever that is. It's Liz Fish. Liz, I feel like among all of us original employees of our respective businesses before we merged. You were probably the one who set us down the path to be able to scale. Why do you think that is? Hello, by the way. Um, I, you know, I, we were talking about it last night and I was sort of thinking about my history with this whole thing. And I was like, I was always kind of an employee. Like I was never the face of the business. So I always felt right. in a when, way, we were, we, when we were two fish yeah, digital, it was just kind of the two of us and I was out. Yeah. Doing all you the were stuff. doing all the client facing stuff and I, you know, created the website and I was doing video editing and I was doing marketing, but like nobody really, I mean, they knew I existed, but it, it was like, I was replaceable really. Oh, and I was doing the books and I was doing all that kind of stuff. So I always sort of had in my mind that someone else could be doing the things that I was doing. And I hmm. think when we first started talking about, oh, if we were going to hire somebody or what we were going to do, I, I remember thinking that you needed an assistant on the shoots. And I was like trying to tell you that. And you were like, that, that's never going to work. Like I can't mm -hmm. have an assistant come out with what are they going to do? Hold my tripod. Like it's just, it's, it'll slow me down more than mm -hmm. it'll speed me up. I can and, see that. And mm -hmm. so I was trying to think of other things that, you know, we could do to mm -hmm. hire somebody. And one of the biggest ones was, oh, hey, somebody else could edit video. Like I don't right. have to do it. Um, so I think that was pretty early on and that sort of set us looking for somebody, even mm -hmm. though we didn't really have a plan of how we would do that or what that would look like. Right. And we and it's not like we found anyone for a long time. It took us a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like a long time. It took us a while. And yeah. then the other thing that we were going to do, but we ended up doing really when we merged is um, just hire, you know, branding and, and a web designer. And I had done our original website, and then I was like, I am never doing that again. Like, right. someone mm -hmm. else has to do that. So I think that was also in our mind, like, hey, this is, you know, we're just going to spend money on this. It's not something we're going to do ourselves. Right. Well, and, and I think, you know, when probably as we're starting the business and it's growing and everything, we're, we're as most people are probably – feeling like, no, all the money I make, we have to use to live and to, and to just kind of do our operations. So it's, it's always hard, I think, to kind of say, well, I'm doing this task, but then, uh, and, and it works and whatever, but then if we pay someone else to do it, then I don't make as much money. It does. It, it sometimes it can be hard when you feel like you don't make enough money to be mm -hmm. able to say, oh, I'm going to take, you know, 20 or 30% less money for this, but I'll have more time because I think I, at least for me, I always felt like, well, I'm not going to be able to fill that time with other paid work. So it's really, it's just money that I'm just throwing away. Yeah. I'm already not making enough money to like, right. And then you're like, right. you're going to give more of that away. Like it's in your mind and it, it's an expense. It's not like an investment. Right. And initially. that's, and that's the, mm -hmm. and that's a, that's, I, I think the incorrect way to look at it, but I think that's the kind of natural, uh, at least for me, you know, mm -hmm. that was the natural kind of way, way I looked at it. And well, but to me, I think part of it too, was when this business really started taking off, like we had a baby. And so oh, yeah. I was <laughs> like, I don't have that. I actually just, there's not enough time in the day. And when I was editing, I was editing at night. And then, you know, when she napped and it was like, I knew that I couldn't keep that pace. I just mm -hmm. knew it wasn't going to continue. And so I knew I would let the company down. I mean, I would essentially let you down if we didn't hire somebody. Mm -hmm. um, right. But I also think you rev your engines way too much when you're doing things you're not good at. Like I knew after I did the website that I was clearly not good at I, I did okay. Like yeah. I think we, we had actually, a nice website. Mm -hmm. We had a nice website, but it was hard for me to do. It took right. me a long time. It was painful. I was like working on it at night. 
And I was like, somebody else could do this so much more quickly and efficiently than I can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would pay, I would easily pay money for that. Right. Yeah. In theory, but we didn't, but you know, then again, it's like, it didn't feel like we had that money to spend. And yeah, so I don't yeah. know, but we came up with it somehow. I, I don't know how that worked out. Well, I mean, eventually once we, Mark came in and brought all his big, big dollars with him, <laughs> then, <laughs> we, then we were able to, we were able yeah, exactly. We were able to say, now we're just spending money right and left. But mm-hmm. we did do some other things, I think on, on the back end and on the, cause we were talking a little bit about financials and I think, um, looking at the financials too helped us do, helped us sort of decide where we were putting money and how, you know, how much money we were making and then where we could put it. And so I think that was a big, um, right. So I, I, yeah, I think we'll, we'll talk about that in like, cause I, I, I do want to talk about some of the specifics on what you kind of did and, and, and kind of the, the projects that you took on that really enabled us to scale up. Uh, but I think first I just want to touch on one of the things that maybe, was an impetus towards the, 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 the scaling journey, um, which was the Thomas fire, which was, uh, for people who don't know it, well, at the time it was the largest fire in California history. Mm-hmm. And in our region, it's, it scorched, I mean, in Ventura where uh, Mark's company was based, I mean, uh, hundreds of homes were lost up in the mm-hmm. hills. Um, and in Ojai, the fire surrounded, uh, the whole town. We thought the town was going to go and it didn't, we lost a bunch of homes, but, we were evacuated for a month. It was so smoky. We had a two-year-old. Um, it was and, just the craziest time. Right? Yeah. And yeah, so we were, we were in LA for a month. And so we, we didn't have any work. And so I, I think that just, that was a moment where we really had to like think, oh, what are we doing? And, and, well, and you probably did more than me. Yeah. And Mark, I'm curious how that affected you and your business. I mean, mm-hmm. if you were. I mean, I remember like the first night the fire came through the Ventura Hillside. I had a shoot booked for 10 a.m. the next morning, and I still did that shoot. Really? Which I'm like, I was just like choking. I was just like ridiculous. But I mean, it obviously slowed down my shooting, but I still continued to shoot through that whole period. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was it was in December, so it was a, typically a slow time. And, mm-hmm. and our insurance paid out a bunch of shoots that, that we missed. But I mean, we were slow for a couple we months. We had people mm-hmm. canceling. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, of I course. Yeah. That was like, it was just canceling left and right. And then, you know, we decided to stay in LA because Ojai was just not, it was so smoky. I mean, people were here. People had come back here. But for us and where we were with our daughter, I was just like, uh, oh, this doesn't really work. And so mm-hmm. Reed was driving to an occasional shoot. Yeah. I yeah. Like, it would come up, but you know, it really was a moment where we were like, oh, what if we don't work for a month and what if it's two months or three months? And what does that mean for our, you know, business? I mean, mm-hmm. and also our personal finances, it's yeah. like, even in a slow December, if that extends January, February, I mean, it really made us look look at what we were making and what that meant. And I think it, it made us look at our prices um, and just the amount of money we were making and like, is this covering, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. And so we, at that point we switched over, you know, we got QuickBooks, we got really on, like I got really on top of the books. Well, but I think though mm-hmm. what happened actually, uh, my memory is that after that, that was kind of, I think one of the impetuses behind you taking the, the weave class, which was the women's economic ventures, a, a, a nonprofit that's based in, in our County that helps women own businesses. And because Liz and I had started the business together, even though I was doing, you know, the client facing stuff and a lot of the work, we we're still co-owned the business. And, and so we are women owned business. So you were able to take that class and it was really just like kind of a hardcore you know, business primer class for entrepreneurs. And, and I think that there was a, so much stuff that was, that you learned that then you were able to kind of translate into the business. I think one of those was really like getting, getting the books going. I feel like we did QuickBooks right after, right. You know, that was kind of the impetus. Yeah, that was QuickBooks. probably from that yeah. class. Yeah. 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 Which I think happened, you know, basically you were taking that class, whatever, like seven months after the Thomas fire started. Right. right? And yeah. the, and the other processes we got, we ended up getting our first loan from the SBA and I remember, and now a disaster loan, disaster mm-hmm. loan, yeah. specifically designed for fire. And survivors. I remember being on the phone with the SBA, which they wouldn't do now because it's like coronavirus. Coronavirus has just like blown all that. Like they, their volume is so huge now. But um, at that point, I had gotten on the phone with the person from the SBA, and she was just asking me questions like, "Can you give me like what financials can you give me?" And like we didn't really have anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it was this really long process and I realized, wow, this was actually hard. Like if we wanted, and in the class, they had really talked about buying equipment, like don't use your credit card, um, all of those things. And I was like, oh goodness, like for us to have really solid financials where you can just print out a report and give it to somebody and they could give you a loan or a grant or any of mm-hmm. those things. Like give me your up to date, you know, year to date profit and loss. You're like a uh, profit and what? Yeah, like, yeah yes. exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was a really big change for us. And, and, but like, then getting those financials in order actually enabled us to get loans. It enabled us. We actually, I think got a, a grant um, from the county in relation to, to the fire. Mm-hmm. And we were, uh, then it also set the stage for, you know, a couple of years later, even before we merged, when all the coronavirus stuff came up, it was so easy for us to get the, the PPP loan and anything else. Cause all our financials were always up to date. And that it just is literally it, instead of taking days to come up to fill out an application for something, it took an hour. Mm-hmm. That for me was output. huge. Like, cause I was in the same boat as you when you guys were probably, you know, a couple of years back, it was like my books were just something I kind of scrambled together and marged to get my taxes going, but I never really had a month by month, you know, play by play of what my numbers were and what was happening. So I feel like when we came together and you guys had QuickBooks and we just kind of merged my numbers into that, then now it's just like, well, I mean, we pay good money for a bookkeeper, but I feel like it's worth every penny to have oh, that dialed God. in. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's like it, just to be able to look at any time and all the mm-hmm. numbers. I mean, it's like, and especially as we as you get bigger, it's just you have to, and it has to mm-hmm. all be in order because I mean, the errors can be really big. Yeah. So we got the books in order, and I think in that weave class, there was so much stuff that came up, and so much stuff. I think that um, I don't know if we, we need to get too deep in the weeds on it, but where I did not take that class. And I was just in the business doing it, just doing the grind. Like we've talked about on the show so many times, just the grind, the churn. You're not able to see the forest for the trees. You're not able to kind of step back. And because you were not knee deep in it that way. I mean, you were doing the Mm -hmm. editing, you were there. I think that you were coming in with, Hey, I learned this. This is, this could be really work for us. And I feel like I was a bit resistant and not, and, and I think just because I was, it probably goes to a mental state of like the, of that scarcity mentality or that, or just kind of not having the confidence. And I, and I think I was resistant to Like, I didn't really want to raise prices at all. And you were like, no, we have to raise prices. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you were, you were dealing directly with the clients and I think you have their voice in your head and I didn't. So right. I was like, I don't care. Like right. we're going <laughs> to lose some people, you know, and that's what they told us in the class. Like, if you, we had a spreadsheet we did and we put in all of our expenses and it spit out whether or not you were going to make a profit out of your prices. Mm-hmm. And like what's your cost of doing business, right? Lay yeah. It all out. And what's your mm-hmm. volume and are you, are you making a profit? And, um, once we looked at that, it was like, oh wow, we, we really need to raise prices and it's really important because at the time we also didn't have the capacity, um, when we were busy, we weren't like necessarily doubling or tripling our slow months. So we didn't, because we didn't have anybody else. It was just Reed doing his thing. So you, and I was editing and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was editing and everything. And so it was like, our capacity was so limited. So we didn't have the volume when we were busy to make up for when we were slow. Yeah. To make up for that seasonality. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. So that was a huge thing about prices and it's like, okay. And also looking outside of the small area we were in and saying, looking at the whole County. Um, and I think that got read on the path to sort of you know, meeting you and talking to you, Mark, because it was mm-hmm. sort of like, okay, how, how do we do this? <laughs> like, Right. Well, and, and it goes back to once you did, and once you did that class, then we, you were able to graduate into kind of the, we, this weave program. And we were in a program called Thrive Fits Through Them, where, as we've talked about many times, we have our business advisor through mm-hmm. them. And so we were working with Jeff for for a while. And I think that, and then I was able to interface with Jeff. And so I was able to get, you know, that third, that, that, that kind of outside voice coming in. And sometimes you have to, it's hard, it's hard probably to hear things from your spouse. It's probably hard to, you know, and we're both in the business, just having, as we've talked about before, those, those outside perspectives can Mm -hmm. be really, really important. Well, I think I was resistant when you first brought up Mark or well, right? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? This, this is going to be a mess. Yeah. That you sounds know. way more work than it's worth, right? <laughs> I was just like, we don't know this guy. Mm-hmm. And then you talked Jeff about it and Jeff was like, oh, that's a great idea. Well, like, no, he was resistant at first too. 
Oh, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. No, his friend. No, the I was. Look, I was the visionary. Okay, no one else. No. But I remember. <laughs> I remember he no. gave us his blessing. About yes, it. he did. But okay. it, but it took a minute. It okay. wasn't. It wasn't when I presented the idea to Mark. He not that he was resistant. He was just kind of. I think he was coy. But then mm-hmm. I found out now later he was like, oh, this guy's crazy. Oh, interesting. But and yeah. yeah. And then I, when I brought it up to you, you were not that you were really against it, but you were like, I, I don't know. I don't think so. And I think you were probably a little frustrated that I was really hardcore wanting to pursue it. And then Jeff, I think, was like, I don't know that I it could be a good idea, but it can really go badly. So I don't know. I don't know. And then once we were, then once we went down the process a little bit, Jeff was really quick to get on board. He thought, oh, I actually, I think this is really good and then i think you were a little slower and i are, are you on board yet i'm on board okay yeah. okay good i'm totally on board okay all right. there. we made <laughs> it well i just was checking in i don't actually know so no but i and that's the impression i have of jeff i guess is him saying you know that that it would be a good match and i mm-hmm. and i'm sure you guys have talked about it but you know i do remember at a certain point he was like yeah you know and it was after oh, we had been working with Mark a little bit independently. It's like we had been doing video, some video for his clients. Yeah, subcontracting, yeah. Subcontracting. Yeah, it's not a total unknown entity at that point, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I think that was part of Jeff's advice is like, hey, don't just jump into this, kind of get to know this person and mm-hmm. see what their business is like and all that kind of stuff. So, But then I do remember him being really positive about it. And I was like, whoa, is this like, it felt like it came on fast, well, even yeah. though I, I, I don't remember the process from, you know, meeting Mark to. Oh yeah. Well, direction. it took like six weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, literally. <laughs> no. That's what we talked about. The timeline is we, we had our first meeting like December 4th. And then I think we were fully merged by February to yeah. 12th or something like that. I think that. once I decided mentally that, yeah, this is a good path forward, that it was kind of like, I remember sitting in your backlog, backyard like, oh, what's our name going to be? What's our, it was all like, it was just like happening. We were just putting stuff in place and it was just suddenly like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, I think at yeah. that point my jaw was dropping and I was like, what has just happened? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. but, but I think sometimes when you when you have an idea and then it becomes clear, it's like, oh, this is good. Well, okay, let's just do it. And then it, it, it kind of takes on a life of its own, almost just like this podcast. It's like where we're like, okay, let's just do it and then it just came into being like completely so quickly um and that comes with its own set of problems because you know we we don't always have uh everything worked out and even now obviously as we've talked about it's not we don't have every every system everything you know ironed out to the yeah it takes a while to build those things oh yeah a lot of these things are things that we're building right now and they will help us down the road but yeah it's an investment for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that even with your kind of hesitancy in that moment, um, like I, but I do think that you for sure laid the building blocks for us to even be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, we were set up for it in that. And that's what I was going back to the video editing. It's like, we had already hired another editor. We had hired Dustin and we had been training him. And then we had been, we switched over to paying ourselves through payroll. Right, because we, we formed an S-corporation. Yeah, we formed the S-corporation. We got Gusto, which is how we manage our payroll and, you know, all of our employee stuff. And, you know, we were doing that for us and Dustin at the time. So I felt like bringing, because we had all of that in place, then doing the merger was so right. much easier. Because right. it was like, that was already like a foundation that allowed mm-hmm. us to actually... Right physically do all those things and we had QuickBooks and everything and then it was just sort of a matter of like finessing some of these you know more detailed things that we were like oh we didn't think about that which was Jeff was helpful and bringing up ideas for those and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so I feel like we had a good foundation for it right so you know we have all that but then part of it is always having that mentality. And I think you kind of brought that early on and we touched on it a bit, but is how you're happy to hire people to do stuff. And and it's just about figuring out what can you hire someone to do? And what I always struggled with is like, well, I can't hire anyone to do any of this because I have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just feel like, I mean, what I liked and, you know, we both came from, like I came from television production and, you came from filmmaking and I feel like those things are very collaborative and they're also like in television, it moves forward whether you're there or not. Um, There are people working at night. There are people like every time you pop back in on a project, it's like it has moved forward somehow. 
And so I think I've always had that mentality of like, hey, we're getting paid to do this. I'm not asking somebody to do something for free. Like I would pay them. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful opportunity to be able to say, hey, I have a gig for you. Would you like it? And I worked at a production company when, you know, we first started the business. And I was always talking to the editors. I was always talking to the people who worked there. Everybody I talked to, I was like, hey, what do you, hey, would you ever consider, you know, it was sort of like, who would be a good fit? Like, who would want a gig? Basically, would they go out and learn real estate photography or, or do real estate video editing? And I was always trying to make that happen. And I don't know why. I feel like that would be so easy, but it's like, I feel like all of this, like I, f- I felt like I figured out how to do it. Somebody else could do it too. It, right. it doesn't have, I think most photographers or most videographers, it's so personal to them. Mm-hmm. And I think coming from that television mentality, I was like, it takes a group of people to do anything. Right. So it doesn't have to be me. Right. I think I always felt like the, the big difference was that television Budgets are a lot higher yes. than real estate <laughs> than real estate agent budgets. They have a little more and, dough to work with. Yeah, and yeah. so and that's and that's always the biggest problem is because it, it is a churn volume industry. It's just the, the price I, points aren't that high, and so it's hard. So if you're looking yeah. at someone who's used to editing a TV show, even just like totally. a, a reality, reality cable show, show which yeah, is what I work they're on. they're they're making yeah. way more money than we could pay them, um, and. And so that was always for me the intimidating. Well, okay, they they may say they want a little extra work, but they're not going to want to do it for what we're going to be able to pay. Yeah, and I guess I just saw people. You know, if they're freelancing, they don't know necessarily when the next thing is coming. Right. They don't know. You know, there's so much uncertainty that I feel like if you can give somebody certainty, and also if right. you can give them ease, like you're like, hey, you know what you're going to walk into? It's right. going to be this. It'll take you this long. I mean, as right. much which as is, which is all stuff we can't offer. We can't <laughs> offer, but I feel like because we, it is well, but it's 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 uncertain because we don't know how much volume we're going to have. You never know what you're going to walk into. And, you know, we can tell you, oh, this is what you'll be paid. But, you know, when, right. the, when mm-hmm. there's when there's work. Right. But it, it is simplified in a way like, you know, the sort of box that you're in when you're doing it. Right. right. Like we know we have a product that we are selling. It's it's very specific. And we can sort of describe that at the beginning, which I think is a big challenge for a lot of projects is like coming up with the, you know, oh, OK, what are we doing here? And so we have that that's down, it's really easy for me to tell people what it is that we're making. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just felt like, why not hire somebody to do right. it? Yeah, why not? I guess I feel like I'm just not that special. Like if I thought I was that special and I was the only one who could do this, you know, I guess I would be a little, have a little more ownership over it. But I just think what- well, We're all special. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> special but I feel like what I had ownership over was you know things like the visual style and things like oh it needs to be like this like the videos need to be short they need to have you know there were certain key elements that I felt were important and I would communicate those and then beyond that it's like it's up to it was okay like Dustin has brought his own style to I think what we do in video which I wouldn't have but that's Dustin and I'm glad he's doing that like that's super that's helpful to our business overall because nobody wants just me all the time or just Mm -hmm. Dustin all the time and so I think and I can balance him out and say oh well you know think about this or do this and you know he will like take that in and be like oh that's not what I would have done but I'm gonna try it so I think a lot of those things are actually a strength. Mm-hmm. And I think like just real estate photography and media in general, just the way that it is a churn and the way that it's kind of what we produce is more of like a commodity and we need it now as opposed to like a wedding photographer with a certain eye that has a certain look. Mm-hmm. Like just this business lends itself to being more scalable more quickly, I think, than other creative kind of industries that are more specific to one look or one right. person or one right. set of right. things. Yeah, but I think we also have, I mean, there we do have stylistic things that we do. And I think Mark was a good match for what you were already doing, Reed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think as far as the visual, you know, not everybody does sort of, and not to be like, oh, but we're quality, because I don't want to like, <laughs> I want to go there because I'm not really going to put us on a pedestal that way. But I felt like the the sensibility was similar. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think other people are going to have a similar sensibility. Like I feel like Dustin, as far as video goes, has a similar sensibility to us that we were already doing because he cares about things that we care about. He's just going to do his own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not going to be it's not going to be wildly different from what we were doing anyway. It's just it's going to be his signature rather than mine. Right. Mm-hmm, and I right. think that's cool. Like that is yeah, actually. As long as it fits within the, the world of upmarket media. I mean, there's going to be nuances, but you know, yeah. as long as long as it kind of hits the, hits the core values. So one of our core values of this podcast is to do a social media sidebar, which is going to be coming up after we take a short break and then look forward to it. Cause we got three people. We're going to have three action items at the very end of this show. That'll be at the end though. So listen until then. Mark, the presenting sponsor of Upmarket Podcast is Aereo. Love, love Love Aereo. So, like, come on. Let's let's think of, like, one more favorite thing about Aereo. Oh I think you were just telling me. I think mm-hmm. you have one. There's a, there's a few I got. Oh, but let, let's, let's riff on the, um, the marketing assistant, the broker, all these people that need access to the photos that you're typically just delivering to the agent. Right. One thing built into Aereo is team members. And essentially, if you have an agent, you just add their broker, their assistant, whoever needs access to those photos, they have their own account. So every time you deliver, they're CC'd automatically as part of the agent delivery system. It's pretty cool. Oh, that makes it easy. I I think for us, it doesn't really matter, I guess, on our side, but it really, the agent, I think that's one of the big things the agents like is that then their marketing people just get it. They don't have to fuss yeah. with forwarding anything. Right. They got a high-res version. They got the MLS version. They're not bugging you for, oh, do you have a photo of this bathroom in this size? Or just, yeah. just like, boom, it's all there. Come on. Is there anything Ariel hasn't thought of? I don't think so. They've thought of everything. The, the other thing that they've thought of that I think is really amazing is that if you use the code upmarket, mm-hmm. when you check out for a new account, you get 15 free bonus listings. Who wouldn't want to do that? I don't know, but I would question the taste of anyone who doesn't want to go and get 15 free bonus listings Mm -hmm. at Aereo using the upmarket code. Okay. It's our social media sidebar. So everyone, you know where to find us because you're listening to this podcast right now. So rate, review us, subscribe. Those things really help us out. We love it. We want to hear from you. You can go to, you can find us at upmarketpod.com. Um, we have, we can, we have, with our website's getting flushed out. I think it's, I, I'm liking how it's looking. And if you want to contact Mark or I, we're mark at upmarket.media. I'm Reed at upmarket.media. And our website, guess what? It's upmarket.media, not.com. And then also Instagram, we're upmarket.media. Liz, I, you do upmarket media stuff, but you also kind of have your uh, another business that you're doing kind of on the side as you as you've kind of stepped back from editing and stuff. So tell us about that and tell us where uh, we can find you. I'm I have a, a little movie company which is family photography and video, and I'm growing my clients in that business. Nice. Um, and my Instagram is Little Movie Co. Awesome. All right. So what are you, so like, what are you doing for social media? What's working for you in that business? And I mean, cause I do think there is crossover into like real estate media business. I mean, you're still working in media. It's a, it's a bit different. So what are you finding in social media right now? I mean, I'm still, you know, probably focused on Instagram and doing reels. And I feel like I've tried out a few different things on reels. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm doing emails. Oh, oh, I know. I It's just, you know, you can, people, res, like, I will send out emails and people will write me back. Oh. Like, I'm like, hey, write me back. And then people write me back. And so I'm like, oh, they're really interested. Wow. Like, I think for my clients, it's actually a really nice touchstone. Are you uh-huh. doing personalized emails one by one? Or are you sending out in bulk? Or? No, I'm sending out a mass email, but I'm like, hey, if you're interested in this, you know, just reply. Or, hey, what do you think about this? Let me know. And, and I'll hear from people. Nice. You know, not a ton of people, but I've, I've definitely booked clients that way. Right. So I'll try to, after I do that, I try to either get them on the phone or, you know, something where I can have a personal connection to them. So it is very much kind of a personal connection. Yeah. Thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's nuances because you're, you, with us, we're all about repeat volume, repeat, you know, the same, the same clients over well, and over. Well, yeah, I'm spending again. time and with people's kids. So right. you yeah, kind it's, of it's a little more <laughs> intimate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can have repeat clients too. So it yes. does, it does, that, that does work. But um, yeah, interesting. And I, and I know you, you're experimenting a bit with doing like flash sales and 
um, and, and offering discounts yeah, sort to get of, people in the door a little yeah, bit. Yeah, timed kind of incentives where, right. you know, if I talk to somebody, and we haven't figured this out for upmarket, but if I do talk to somebody, I'll give them a discount if they book in 24 hours or I'll run a little sale. Mm-hmm. And it does keep people... Um, you know, interested, and it also right. gives them a deadline. It gives them an yeah, example. That's important. Yeah, and I, I feel like I've thought about that for upmarket media, but it's a little tough because it's so predicated on when there's, you can't, when the, the listing is actually happening. So you mm-hmm. can't talk to somebody and they're like, well, I might get this listing or I might not. And, and you can't say, well, if you book it within the next 24 hours, you're going to get 20% off because it just, uh, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. And it could be a subscription. Like if there was some sort of subscription model we went to or something, you know, just there are yeah. different ways to do it. And, yeah. but no, we haven't cracked that. Yeah. Yet. I think those are, that's, that's probably a future episode is where yeah. we're going to have to talk about maybe some outside of the box thinking on how to kind of build more customer loyalty and, mm-hmm. or, and or even out revenue streams and, you know, incentivize people to, to book. And I don't know. It's we'll, a whole we'll, thing. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what a wonderful social media sidebar. So we're going to be back. We're going to have the last half of the show. We'll have our action items at the end. All right. All right. So Liz, you, really like we talked about kind of helped us set the stage for scaling our business and now that we have scaled up and we you are not doing editing for us anymore in fact we just heard you're you're kind of growing your own little offshoot company little i feel like we've, movie company. we've baby scaled yeah we've well but <laughs> we've scaled enough where you yeah, don't have to do the editing for sure so but we've not scaled so much that you can just like be the emer- emeritus and not do anything so yes. so i feel like you are the cfo chief financial officer. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, and you are kind of overseeing a couple big departments, um, and kind of the unsung departments in a lot of businesses, kind of the accounting bookkeeping department and the HR department. Yes. And so I do want to talk a little bit about, not that I'm going to position you as some sort of expert on all these, because I think this is one of these things where a lot of times as we're, as businesses are growing, you just have to figure it out. And mm-hmm. we don't have a background in that. Oh, we're we're have creatives, a, right? Yeah, like, what do we know? Exactly. And mm-hmm. Liz is a creative too. Even though she runs those kind of departments for us, she is at heart a creative. And so what are you, you know, what are you doing with HR and, and bookkeeping? Well, I think both of those things, I think as we grow are probably things that I would you know, offload to somebody else for sure. sure. Um, so as far as like the financials, you know, I'm checking them every month and I'm, you know, making sure everybody's got everything in, they've got their receipts, they've submitted their mileage, Mm -hmm. talking to the bookkeeper. Um, Right. And we do have a bookkeeper who does uh, the actual bookkeeping. Yeah. So we have kind of an on retainer bookkeeper and they just go in and they categorize everything and they make sure it's all neat. And then, you know, we can basically, I can run a report shortly after the end of the month and we can look and, and read your running sales reports a lot. You're mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, what our weekly sales are, what our monthly sales are, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm definitely interfacing with the bookkeeper a lot, the accounting. So interfacing with the accountant, making sure our taxes are currently getting worked on. Mm-hmm. So those things I'm just sort of moving along. And I feel like it works really well for me because you both are more in the day to day. Um, and I'm not as much, so I can have those dates kind of in my mind and think of like, right. oh, we have to work towards, you know, in order for us to submit this by this date, we have to have this done before and all of those things. So I have an eye out for that. And then, you know, as we've been hiring people, as far as the HR goes, you know, we use Gusto, I do payroll through Gusto. And then, you know, we've started a process where, especially because we are kind of remote, um, you know, I'll have calls with the new hires and we sort of go over any you know, how to put in your hours. Yeah, and like an onboarding kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, kind of an onboarding. And we don't yet really have like a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a handbook? Handbook, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't really have, I mean, we have sort yeah. of yeah. versions of that or like things yeah. that I've written it's down. T- it's not all tied up in a bow yet. No, and that would be a big, big thing that I would love to hire somebody else to do because I just don't actually want to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are the types of things I feel like just making sure everybody has the same information and making sure they're clear, you know, when they come on and when they're hired, they're, they're learning 
their actual job, but they also need to know, you know, how do you put in your sick time and how do you whatever mm-hmm. put in your mileage? And well, and, but and I think a big part of the HR side is, is as as you have employees is you need to do things by the book. This is not something that you can just like okay, you're just working for we me. We can't I just mean, make can, it up. There's rules. Yeah, and oh, you, you can you can yeah. you can do it, and I know people do. You just pay people under the table and you do it, but and that. Okay, you can work for a little while. Oh, and like when you're taking breaks. And well, yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. It's a big thing. And yeah. we've, and that's yeah. been a huge thing because you, I know Reed and Mark, you probably have never really thought about when you take lunch or when you take a break no, during the just day. Catch a sketch can. No mm-hmm. one cares if right. Mark takes a break. I don't. In 12 hours. <laughs> what break? Yeah, what break? break later. I'll eat dinner tonight. I don't need lunch. Just yeah, keep going. Totally. And I mm-hmm. care actually because the employee, like they have to. Right. They have to take lunch. Right. And they have well, to and I think Mark and I technically do too because we're employees of the company. Mm-hmm. We do, but I yeah. think you're like carved out of that. Oh, because we're owner employees. I, sh- I shouldn't say that out loud. Right. <laughs> um, but you, you have to do things by the book. And I think that uh, one of the things, at, like, again, just to kind of put out there for people who are listening and thinking about scaling is like, we, you've just kind of said it a couple of times, but we do use Gusto, which is an online platform that really simplifies payroll and all the stuff that you have to do. And it's a, you know, it's a service we pay for, but I feel like it's well worth Mm -hmm. it. And it automates certain things for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it reminds you about things. I mean, it's not totally like it depends on the state you're in. And so you do have to, like, I really feel like we need more HR support because there are definitely things, rules that we're supposed to follow that it's not going to tell us to, but it gives you a framework to start for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should send this podcast to Gusto. Oh, for a little, for yeah, a little, and be yeah, like, hey, right. Gusto, Gusto, the sub presenting sponsor of Upmarket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you? So I'm curious, Liz. Do you feel now, like with the HR and the accounting, the bookkeeping, that you're kind of more overseeing that rather than? I mean, you're you're doing it, but not as much as you're not taking it all on yourself. You're overseeing systems that we have, I guess. Yeah, or, I think that's what I'm trying to do. Is mm-hmm. I'm yeah, really making sure that it's you know, kind of established and that it would flow. I mean, I feel like it wouldn't necessarily flow the same without me, but I could, you know, I can give information to read and he could, you know, do something successfully and it would like work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like what we have is not completely hands off. Obviously there's still quite a bit of involvement from you, but there's systems that we can potentially scale. I, I feel like the bookkeeper, like if something was super off, you wouldn't need me. Like the bookkeeper would tell you. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Eventually, like you'd probably fa- find out right. sooner from me, but the bookkeeper is going to figure it out. Like, cause we have a meeting with them. I think it's like every three months or mm-hmm. something. And so you guys would be like, if I just dropped off and didn't right. pay attention to it, I think you would, you would get a heads up eventually. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but I feel like with the bookkeeping, you're more overseeing it. And like you said, kind of shepherding along certain things that need to happen. Um, but then with HR, I feel like you're actually just doing it. And I mean, okay, mm-hmm. Gusto automates how much taxes you have to we we withhold from the it automates the process of withholding the taxes and the employees get the pay stubs. I mean, it's it's a payroll service basically. Yes. And, I, and most people have a payroll service, uh, whether it's online or not. But you are doing all the other heavy lifting of of like you said, the employee onboarding, making sure checking the hours, inputting the hours into uh, you know. Uh, I guess you don't input it because the employees, but that's the thing about them. Gusto is, yeah. is the employees have their own login. They go in, they put the, uh, their hours in and uh, they don't put their mileage in there, but mm-hmm. what, whatever. I don't know. What yeah, yeah, Liz is not approving I, I it. It's know. not, someone's not I getting don't paid. I don't put hours in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. but I'm oh, making geez. sure payrolls run. Yeah, for sure. Kind of yeah. Stuff. No, cause you're always like, oh, we got to run payroll by Wednesday. Yeah. So let's well, make sure Well, you have to have enough money in the bank account. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. So that's what I'm always checking in. I'm always checking in about the bank account. But, um, yeah, I feel like the HR aspect is there's a lot of sort of around the edges stuff that has to do with how you want to run your company. And I think there's the legal stuff. I mean, we Mark ended up hooking us up with a friend of his who's a lawyer and we had mm-hmm. a call. She's an employment lawyer, right? Yeah, that's her specialty. That's her specialty. And so she just gave us like more information than I could ever deal with. (laughs) And um, we were like, wow, okay, great to know all of that stuff. But then there's like all this stuff of like, how do you want to run your company? And how do you want the employees to feel? And and what's more like a vibe? And I think- What's your company culture, right? How does that all weave into HR? And that's stuff that we have to work on too. And I think that's evolving too. Like as we bring people on and as people are taking on roles, we're like, like, oh yeah, this, you know, this would be great. Like we're having a company picnic. Yeah. 
and I think that's a thing. I think you, you have to have that stuff and give people right. food and know that you, you know, you want to be around them. Yeah. Well, and I think, and it, I think that's authentic for us. Like for I, sure. I want to have a company picnic and I want everybody yeah, to have a good time. And, and, and we've touched on it in the past, but it's like, it's walking that line of like, okay, we're not trying to present it that we're all, Hey, we're all just friends who hang out mm-hmm. and happen to work together. It's yeah. like, no, we're work colleagues, but that doesn't mean we can't be friendly and we can't find commonalities and, mm-hmm. and enjoy each other's company. Well, no, if I'm going to have you show up to something, like I want you to be like, Oh, this is cool. Like right. I'm so, that was really thoughtful of them. Right. I Everyone think wants to work with people that they like. That they right. like. And and I, ultimately. Yeah. And I think any, like when you're thinking about marketing or you're thinking about, you know, Oh, what's our company culture being thoughtful is the number one important thing that if you are thoughtful, to mm-hmm. other people, it will come back to you. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel, yeah, if you have empathy towards your employees, your clients, and that circles back, it's, it it's comes huge. across as authentic, yeah. right? And that's, well, no, yeah. and I, and I recently had a, had a longer conversation with Dustin, who was our first employee and has been kind of our guinea pig employee as we figured <laughs> this out, you know, through the last three or years, three plus years, um, of Dustin being with us. And Poor Dustin. Yeah, exactly. And I was kind of, and I, and I, and, and I think that he, he has gotten a little bit shortchanged in certain things because we just didn't know. And he, but he made a comment to me and he said that, Hey, look, yeah, I know I'm, because yeah, we were kind of negotiating what, what's your new pay rate going to be and what, what's all this. And, and he said, you know, this hasn't happened and I want this to happen. And he said, but I always know that you have all operated on the basis of wanting to do the right thing. And I don't want you to, and I want you to know that that has gone, that has not gone unnoticed. So oh, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that that, and, and I think ultimately he's probably at a, he was probably at a point where he was a little burnt out because it was like, we'd had a lot of work it's and it's kind lot. of repetitive work and, yeah. and maybe was like, oh, I'm not quite making enough money, you know, all those kind of things. But he, but I think we had goodwill from him because he's, because we've always tried to do the right thing. So, and I think that that comes from the HR department because it's always been like, oh, how, what are these ways we can, we can pay people more or, or pay them for their time. And, um, you know, like we're subsidizing people's cell phones now and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Well, Cause it's I, just something that gets taken for granted. Yeah, but then and he's actually, also brought uh-huh. things up. I feel like Dustin is yeah. a really good example because he's also brought things up. And, and I think it goes back to when I'm going to, I'm going to do a callback read, but when (laughs) storyteller, um, but when we were talking about, I was like, Reed needs to have an assistant at the shoots, but I don't actually know that because I don't go to the shoots and we don't go to Dustin shoots always. And so he told us things and also we are not an employee like Dustin is. So he'll tell us things like, Hey, this is my experience. And we're like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. I didn't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I think the one thing that sticks out is, like he was saying, well, you know, okay, I finished the shoot and then, okay, my shoot day is over, but then my shoot day isn't actually over until I've downloaded the footage. Right. And that's what we say. It's like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, don't go out. You got to download can, right away. You got to download as soon as possible. Uh, Cause that's our fail safe. And he pointed out, well, if I'm going home to download that time that I'm spending in the car, it's technically working time. Cause I got to go home to download the footage. Mm-hmm. And so that's time I should be paid for. And we're like, Oh, that's totally right. Yeah, you should, you be. should be on yeah, the clock absolutely. for all of that. And it wasn't something that was in our thought process because I've always been like, okay, I'm done with the shoot. Okay, I'm done. Then I'll yeah, I'll download when I get home and whenever I get home is fine. But for him, it's like, no, I'm making a beeline home or even if he's not, it's like that's he should it's be paid part for of that. His so day. It's part of his yeah. day. And mm-hmm. I and I think that, that is the case. And so that's it is really good, I think, to to listen to your employees and hear what they're saying and what their experiences are. Yeah. And we've literally never had like most holidays or anything like we don't, it's like we operate on the fact that we're just going to be working whenever like Memorial day, 4th of July. Like, yeah, we're scheduling shoots. Right. So like if someone tells me about that, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's true. You know, like people, people do take that time off. And so, but we have told people, I mean, we've basically told people, Hey, we're working a lot of the days that, you know, the bank is closed or whatever, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, yeah, that's something that we tell people that we tell people. So, but you know, any, anyway, those things can come up and I think we've been, receptive to them. Well, yeah. And, and I, and I do want to touch on, cause we, you know, a, a, a while back we had a, um, 
kind of the opposite thing with an employee where we had to let somebody go. And that was a whole process in and of itself. And, and that obviously that's not a decision you ever want to make. Um, but we, I mean, what, that's a really a situation where we really had to make sure that we were doing things the right way. And so what did we mm-hmm. kind of do in that situation? How did we figure out how, what the proper way to d- dismiss someone to kind of make sure that we were covered and that they were also left on a, on a good note? Well, Mark, um, and Mark found this, there's, there was like an HR hotline that we could call that's mm-hmm. operated by the County. And he called them and touched base with them just in the, just to find out about what they do. And he was like, yeah, this is a really good resource. And so that was part of, we went through that Mm -hmm. to sort of like, okay, what's the checklist and what do we have to make sure we do? Mm -hmm. And then, um, through gusto as well, you know, they tell you, okay, if you're going to do this, this has to be this way. So I feel like we did the right, like. I don't know. But yeah, well, like and, we and right in Cal- and, you know, in California, you have to uh, pay for you have to pay their last check on the day of termination, mm-hmm. and that was something we didn't know. Yeah, that, and that was challenging because we didn't have all of his hours logged, and we, you know, right, because we one of sure the issues like, oh, with that employee was not following through on certain things, and so not putting in uh, the hours when you know we say, okay, you put your hours in at the end of each day, and that's and that way it's easier to track, and we can see w- where you're working, and it's like, oh no, the last the last time he worked was a week ago and the hours still weren't in there. And so mm-hmm. we couldn't actually tally up his final check until actually Mark had the conversation of like, you know, sorry, it's not working out. Uh, by the way, go into Gusto and put your hours in. Yeah. But you do realize when you talk to HR people, you're like, oh, I get what your job is. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I just didn't realize all of the stuff that you know, because they know all of the laws and they know all of, you know, all the procedures mm-hmm. and all of those things. And so it is a really valuable thing if you can find an HR hotline or resource or anything like that. It's huge. Right. Right. No, because you want to make sure that you, you do the right thing. And, and I think part of that culture that we're talking about trying to build for employees is I think even when it ends, right. Cause everyone's employment will end with you at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, that's yeah, the way it one happens. way or another, yeah, yeah. one way or another, it will end eventually. And what does that ending look like? And I, and I think even if it's an ending that doesn't happen on the employee's terms that they would have liked you still want them to feel good about what their experience was Mm -hmm. and you know and and uh, obviously we want to feel good about it and that we weren't just that yeah it didn't work out with this particular employee but you know we want to do right by what they Mm -hmm. did for us yeah we want to part on good terms and you know we live in a small town we're likely going to run into people and know the same people and you want to just you know keep yeah. everything on yeah. the and up and up. And it's, and it's, and it's not easy. And, and I, and I think we really had to, to figure out, okay, who's going to make that phone call? Mm-hmm. Who's going to, mm-hmm. and, and we were even asking the HR hotline, okay, does it have to be in person or is a phone call better? And we, yeah. and we used Jeff, our business advisor, and he gave us a lot of uh, He gave advice. us information too. Yeah. yeah. I was fired by a photographer once. So oh. I know that it, ha- it, it's like literally can happen to anybody. Right. Mm. Yeah, so, I was talking to my wife. Like, we'd never been fired. Like, I don't know how this process works, how they're going to react. And you know, Oh, I got so fired. And I'm not going <laughs> to tell the story, but it was like, I wasn't even really hired, but it was like, kind of like, oh, this, you know, he just thought I was really great. And then he was like, oh, I have this crazy shoot coming up. And the shoot was way too, like, it just was way over my head. Like, it was, it was a little too wild. <laughs> and then he was not happy with me. So I was like, you know, I think that worked out. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately it does, right? Because it's just it's not a good fit. Yeah, you know? was and not a good fit. One person knows it, and the other person doesn't yes. sometimes. And yeah. so I think that was a, ours was a situation where where we knew it, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I feel, but I feel, I feel good about it. I feel I it was it was good for the business, and I think ultimately good for him too. So right, yeah, right. And it is, it, but it, it, it's good to have that experience because I think that that's not something that I thought we would ever have to do in a way. Mm-hmm. It's just not even on my radar. No, and it's never something anybody wants to do, right? It's like the dreaded yeah. thing. But it, it, might, it will probably happen again. Mm-hmm. You know, Because I think if you think about people who have like, different kinds of it. Like if you have like a high volume restaurant or something, I'm sure you're firing people not all the time, but it's comes up all there's you know, more churn. where you, yeah, there's yeah. just more churn. And when you have more employees and, and as obviously as we expand, then you're, then the numbers are just by virtue of having more people, it's probably yeah. not going to work out with somebody else too. It's so inevitable. at least now we, though we know what we need to do and we know how to go about it. And, and yeah. And, but let's, I think 
the retaining employees is is probably the better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's do more of that. Let's do more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, re- so retaining the employees is good. We want to do that. What are some other things that we can do if we want to scale our business? It's time for our action items. Who wants to go first? Uh, let me go first. I feel like I've there never go. gone first. Yeah, Bring it on, Reed. Or maybe done, not never, I, but I rarely go first. You've yeah. actually done action items before, so you yeah. go first. Yeah, and you haven't been talking enough. So I'll No, no. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Mark. I've been talking just the right amount. Okay, I have one that is just, that it's, it, it's a marketing tactic. It's a very simple one, and it's a way, though, I've gotten so many clients over the years from this simple marketing tactic. File naming. Oh, I love this so one. So when we name our files that we send our photo files that we send out to the agents. It is upmarket media underscore property address underscore, you know, number, uh, whatever the, the photo number is. Our name comes first every single time. Some agents will change the file names. Most will not. And when they upload to the MLS, the file name is always displayed. So everyone mm-hmm. who's looking at the MLS always knows who took the photos. And I have gotten so many calls over the years for that one simple thing. Congratulations. You just enhanced your business. If yeah. you do this. No, that's a great one. I see agents all the time posting their MLS link on Facebook and then I'm like, oh, I see up market media, up market media. It's just like right there. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark. All right. Let me hit we'll it. Yeah. Liz no, we'll I want to build my action item. I'm going to build off what Liz was talking about oh, earlier nice. with having our S corp set up. Um, and it's basically, if you're a solo shooter, you're likely going to be a sole proprietor, which is what I was before we merged. Mm-hmm. All my bank accounts were commingled. My finances were kind of a mess. So if you're looking to scale and build beyond yourself, then the first thing you want to do is set up some kind of business entity that allows you to build, that allows you to hire employees, get insurance, basically mm-hmm. create a structure that you can build from. Right. And for us, what we already had an existing S-Corp, so we just built from that, but there's other options with LLCs. And right. I think S Corp and LLCs are the two most common. Yeah. And even just having a business bank account. I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not co-mingling your finances. Like just get your, your, your foundation set up. Yeah. I agree. I concur. What do you oh. got for us, Liz? Um, I would say, I was thinking about this. Oh, good. Um, well, I, I know. I, I, previously like to our the action, podcast. We, act, we like our action items to come <laughs> with thought. It's actually being thoughtful. <laughs> I would say... Um, Talk to, make a list of other business owners you know, even even if they're just friends and they do something totally different than you do and just talk to them about their business. Mm -hmm. Just ask them, what are you doing? You know, what's going on? Are you hiring people? I feel like we talked to, somebody that we talked to was Adam Gallegos and he owns a kombucha bar here in Ojai, Rebel. But I learned so much from him and I think just the mentality of, kind of scaling and growing and doing all of those things, it helps. And they don't have to be in your line of business. They can be in any line of business because I think you can learn things from other people right. in other businesses yeah, um, sure. super easily and it's it totally applies. All right. Love it. Yeah, I mean, there's fundamentals that are that apply to any business, right? So you're picking up whatever you can. Right. Mm-hmm. And even just, yeah, how to deal with employees or how to do it. Yeah, I mean. Totally. Perfect. Love it. Well, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, good. Yeah. That we, was fun. All right. Oh, good. So, Great to uh, have you, you on, Liz. Yeah. yeah you, you, the, so you set the stage for scaling. We set the stage for this podcast. So congratulations. Well, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Till next time, dear listeners, we'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Upmarket is a production of Upmarket Media. This episode was produced by Chelsea Froelich and recorded, edited, and mixed by Marco Guerrero. We're so happy you listened today and really hope you'll listen to the next one too. In the meantime, our wish for you is to not have to do any Friday night twilight shoots. Thank you for everything. Thank you.